0: Hello, and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 32. Today I'm joined with Aaron Fennell. Aaron and I work together at 21st Century, and we're both in the uh, marketing department, I guess. And um, Aaron deals on the wholesale side of the business, which a lot of you already know that. But And so we're just going to kind of see where this goes today and, and kind of head down a path and see which way it goes. So, Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Howdy, howdy. All right, so here we are, mid-November, heading into uh the end of the year here we've got about oh 60 days left 45 days left i guess of uh of the year left usually this is the biggest time of the year got some pretty big auctions coming up uh looks like sinclair is going to have a big auction uh the first part of december sima is going to have an auction there towards the latter part of december and a couple fairly nice retirement sales in that mix as well um, Yep. how do you think those auctions are going to play out and what's your crystal ball show you here moving in the last 45 days of the year?
1: Oh, uh, I think if I remember looking at some of them auctions, right? Those dealer auctions are after a couple of those retirement deals, correct?
0: Yeah, I think I think actually both of those are preceded by a, a few very well. I know what the Seamas is, is for sure. There's a very nice right. retirement cell before that one looks like, and I think Sinclair, the Sinclair cell. There might be two or three before that one actually takes place. But in between those, there's that's there's really nothing else. They're all retirement cells in between them. So, it should yeah, have some I, some good numbers anyway.
1: Yeah, I think the the fact that those are after the retirement thing, at least SEMAs is, I think that'll really prop it up um, naturally, whereas if it was the other way around the dealer auction would drip the retirement down. But it there there again it goes you know, you're you're dealing with how much how much buying is gonna happen. You know, that's that's the big question. I think for For the amount of activity I've seen here of late, I think year-end is going to be pretty decent, but I think you're going to be in pockets. Um, Talking to guys across the country, though, you know, for the most part, everybody's yields were just batshit crazy. So, that does take some of the sting out of the price, but on the flip side of that, you know, the, the price, every time the USDA opens their mouth, they just cut corn in half, so... you know it's going to be a matter of how much was contracted how much was you know if you got guys sitting there and it was in the upper threes and they didn't sell they're going to be wishing they did you know yeah so it's it's all kind of a crapshoot right now but by if any if everything's typical but in a Three four dollar corn scenario instead of a five six dollar corn scenario there there's going to be some buying because for the most part you know guys don't want to pay taxes and if they got an excuse to buy something they'll use it
0: what this you know we saw this happen
1: plus, plus there's you know it's going to be the typical scenario late model low hour stuff, going to shine shine like a diamond turds will be turds but I you know there's so much less new going on that that the late model low hour I think is really going to be pretty strong
0: well it's a very similar situation to what it was last year when SEMA had their last sell they had um,
1: yeah that they, they should be Terry and the boys should be proud of that deal that was that was uh, it was strong
0: the only thing I worry about auctions in late December is how many people have, have made purchases by that time and right. there's no lack of auctions right now and there's still a lot of retirement sale going on, so it's hard to say what's gonna happen. But I, I think that they uh, they could very easily have a very similar situation. What they've what they've seen this year. I mean, there's not the coin the the uh, soybean run that that was there last year, this time last year, um, on the commodity market side of things. But there is also, but they also their last sale was in wasn't it in early November last year?
1: No I thought it was at least late November early December Might have been. it was it was it was damn cold.
0: I do remember that yeah, it was very cold standing out there um, <clears throat> so yeah, there's a good opportunity I think there for a lot of people to uh go out and find some stuff and the one thing about the auction market today compared to the last two or three years that there's not a lot of Delicious. a lot of dealership auction stuff going on
1: right you know and like you were saying with having it be late and how many guys have bought already shout out to the boys at Sullivan auction they put out that beautiful catalog and shit I've had it at my house for feels like a month already so everybody that's you know they got however many of them they send to guys and if a guy is looking for something he's got that catalog right in front of him he's going to scan that and be like well i'll wait until that auction and see what happens you know so i i think i think their efforts them specifically their efforts in the front of that help help fix that that catalog
0: they put out is really nice i mean it's got a lot of good stuff in there and and it is like the uh it's like the Sears catalog for auctions every year. I, I was
1: going to say like the Penny's Christmas catalog when you're a little kid. But. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so it's there's there's a lot of good stuff there. And they from marketing stuff, they do a good job. They do a really good job oh, in their yeah. marketing. In.
1: Yeah, it's a good outfit.
0: Yeah. So what do you think? when you The guys you talk to, jockeys you talk to, dealers you talk to, all the guys you talk to out there. What do you see as some trends that you see kind of starting to emerge that will carry through uh, the end of the year into uh, 2018?
1: Well, at the risk of sounding like a complete moron, I'm not sure what there are for trends right now. Um, The market as a whole, the wholesale specifically has been a little bit of a crapshoot. It's really hard to peg anything with a trend or anything with a super hot item um other than you know because of time of year you got guys buying four-wheel drives and that kind of thing um but for the most part it there's not <laughs> sprayers maybe you know from a which time of year is real odd but sprayers are still moving um And I think whether it's another dealer or wholesaler that has some export ties, I I feel like that's pretty export-driven at the moment. Um, But, like, combines, row crops, planters, and 4 wheel drives, other than a little bit here and there, there's nothing that is a real, real hot-ticket item right now. In, In the dealer world, you know, the late model, low hour, good price, that kind of stuff's flowing through pretty decent but there's there's just not you know like stamp it road crop tractors super hot or stamp it as combines are super hot there's not a real big trend line for anything that's just super sexy out of this world can't get enough of it right now Mm -hmm. it's just real kind of Piece and part, and this and that kind of scenario right now.
0: Do you think a lot of that, what you're talking about right there, you think that's driven by the fact of, of the way equipment inventories are, across the country, guys are looking for, so everybody else is looking for too, because the overall market saturation of certain items are kind of piling up on people's lots. Like for example, like 2,500 hour 8Rs, 3,000 hour 8Rs. There seem to be like a fair amount of those out on, in the world right now. But trying right. to find the 500-hour or 1,000-hour or 1,500-hour or 2,000-hour something, you know, that those are getting harder to find.
1: Yeah, like 1,000-hour to 2,000-hour, 5-year-old, 8-hour.
0: Yeah. That, like, you know, combines is a good example of that, too. I mean, there's a lot of 1,500 separate-hour S-series combines out there right now, but there's not a lot of 750 to thousand hour combines
2: yeah yeah
1: i would say you know and the biggest thing with that like that thousand to two thousand eight hour market is there's some out there but to get them bought whether you're buying from another dealer or a wholesaler trying to buy them the ones that are out there are still out there for a reason you know yeah. they're they're priced like a 500 hour tractor and it's Makes it pretty tough to to do anything with, and that's like you know we 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 said that before on a podcast when you and me were spitballing that you know that you said that that is a hot hot item and you're right, but my argument was it's a hot item if it's if you can get it right and there I mean there's case in point look at online listings right now they're the ones that are there are not very right. So to speak.
0: Yep. <clears throat> there's a. That's a great point. The the pricing of equipment always plays a big factor in what's moving, what's not moving. That's not a. Any any monkey can tell you that. That's not a. That's not a big. A big shock to anyone. But.
1: I'm and I'm happy to be that monkey. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are my favorite monkey. That is for sure. <clears throat> um. So yeah, there's gonna be some. I think there's going to be, from the evaluations that, I'm, that I've been looking at and, and the amount of activity that our salesmen are going through, I can't believe that we're on an island somewhere, that, that there's not the same thing going on across the, the rest of, of the uh, North American equipment marketplace. But um, going into 2018, you see anything that stands out to you that you're going to pay attention to or keep your eye on?
1: Oh, man. I'm kind of interested to see what happens, believe it or not, with combines in the next year, just because they're still, until somebody loads them up and drops them off of a ship in the middle of the ocean, there's just so much of the 12s and 13s, <clears throat> and they are so dirt cheap, as, as people know, or, or should be when you trade for them. That I've noticed here lately a lot of pressure in auction values and whatnot on 14. And as as recent as last year, a 14 was still a sexy combine. Now, you know, I and I realize that years passed and, you know, we're even in a different series of combine now. But it's really surprising to me to see how. You know, stuff drops off every year and gets uglier, but like 14 combines just kind of fell out of bed for the most part. They went from a good, sexy combine and it doesn't cost me what a 15 or 16 does, but it's still a good machine to, uh, it's like a 12 and 13. And, you know, not that drastic, obviously. They're not as low as those two, but they're, they're hurting. And I, I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of effect maybe like 15s have in 18s. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, there's still a lot of 14s sold. That that was kind of it. There wasn't that factor in 15s and sure not in 16s. So I'm kind of interested to see how, how that kind of shakes out in the next year. Yeah. Now, as far as any participation in that, that seems to be seen, but that the combine world because of the glut you know in in the F600 series there's you know there's so much glut early and hardly any at the end it's kind of it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that kind of shakes out throughout the next year
0: well we just had one more combine year to the mix I mean you threw the 17 into the mix so now you got you know Seventeens, fifteens, sixteens, those are all gonna be your quote premium machines now, your 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 late model stuff. The fourteen is kinda of in that in between year of it's not an eleven, it's not a twelve, it's not a thirteen, but it's not a fifteen either. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a tweener I completely agree with you. That's a that's a good analysis that I I hadn't thought much about, but that's a that's a great that's a great uh great vision on your part there.
2: Well, it
1: should be. <laughs> kinda like kinda like Superman, you know.
0: Right. You can you're like <laughs> an all knowing eye, right?
1: There you go. Yeah. That's the whole deal.
0: I'm I'm looking to see what happens with combines too, just from the standpoint of there's still a lot of twelves and thirteens out there, and obviously fourteens, which we just talked about that, but it seems like when you sell one of those, you jump onto Machine Finder, Machine Repeat, Tractor House, wherever you go to look, and Goes, you sell one out, and you go back on and look at Tractor House, and all of a sudden, there's two more there than there was before. They just, right. they just They, like, multiply. They're, they're like coyotes. The more you kill them, the, the more they come back. You know what I mean? So it's just...
1: Yeah, it's or like gremlins, you know. Right. Once upon a time, it was cute and fuzzy, and someone got all those combines wet, and now look.
0: Yep, and they fed them after midnight, and they turned into...
1: <laughs> you know what else I was... I wouldn't be that. As far as a, a crazy combine statement, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be a bit surprised in the next year to find if you take a S six seventy twelve or thirteen even that's equipped exactly like an eleven ninety seven seventy hour for hour the same that thirty five to forty percent of that of the time that 9770 is not only priced higher but sells higher
0: i i'd agree with that i mean just for you know
1: activity across across north america if you will that there there's still so many people in love with those things and granted they you know for the most part they were the perfect combine, you know. They they had the capacity, the simplicity, but the, enough bells and whistles to make your long day comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's it's just I I really think that that you know I I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see that happen. Yeah. Maybe next year, even the year after.
0: <laughs> yeah, you I. I think you're probably right because there won't be that blend of series that you see now between like a 60 and a 70 or a 50 and a 60. You know, Um, those two kind of blur together, and there are guys that will buy the the 2010 or 11 9770 over a 12 or a 13 s6 or s670 if the if you give them the if you give them the 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 equal option for each other. Because I mean, let's be honest with each other. There's not much difference between the two in price right now. I mean, you're talking – hundred thousand dollar ninety seven seventy hundred fifteen thousand dollar ninety seven seventy and a hundred twenty five or a hundred thirty five thousand dollar twelve thirteen model s670 there's not an incredible amount of of space between the two when you're looking at pricing so when a guy that, that's really in love with the 9770 he's thinking to himself like well for 15 grand i can go get this other one or really get the one that i really want and i think that's what well, you're and that's,
1: and that's what i'm getting at it's not even the 15 grand <laughs> yeah you know, you're, of course, you're going to be asking more for the for the 670. It's a different, it's a newer series, it's a newer age combine. But when push comes to shove, and you you know, you get to the bottom line, tell a guy 110. Which as a dealer, you'd rather move that 670 than you would that 70 series 9770 anyway. He's gonna pick ninety-seven seventy, I bet, and that's what I'm saying—thirty-five, 35 40 percent of the time.
0: Yep. Thank to get you. all
1: analytical and throw numbers out there.
0: Well, it's good that you're learning math this this late in life. Things are gonna come around. <laughs> <for you. laughs> uh. But yeah, so there's gonna be. I think that's a that's a great point. I think there's gonna be some. The seventy series combine. We, whenever we get one traded for half, how, how long is it set on the lot? Not very long. What? you
1: know yeah like two two weeks at the most
0: and it's gone i mean there's usually a line of people looking at it ready to go they just want to see it before they pull any triggers on it you know um
1: well yeah and i would say it's for for our territory especially here in the last four or five months i mean it's it it's it is literally we have not had i think we've had two hit the lot and it's because they were 96 70s if they've been 97s or 98s they have not even made it to the lot before right. they were sold
0: right yeah so that's another thing too and another thing about the 70 series combine it's a lot like a in my opinion it's a lot like a like a 7010 or 7000 series 7020 series tractor that it's to the point now where we can't really go buy those and bring them back into our area and and be able to retail them and, and speculate anyway, and be able to to retail them and, and make many kind of real money on them. They've, that's kind of where they're at now. They're just, you can't you can't effectively go buy them in the wholesale marketplace, and do much with them when you get them back here, from a speculation standpoint. You can sell the hell out of them, but you're just not. You're going to be thin margins and hope nothing's wrong with the combine when you get it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you could have a. 1200 hour wheat machine that's you know like new or a 1200 hour soybean machine that is shot and mm-hmm. you don't know yeah
0: yeah I think we're also going to see some I think we're going to see some of those guys that have the older you know S series combines we're gonna have the older stuff that they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be forced to make some some pretty tough decisions on what they're gonna do with their combine next year either spend a lot of money reconditioning it because i was talking to some parts guys today at a meeting that i was at and they were talking about the number of of massive failures that they've had on machinery this year compared to the years over past years and it has turned into a, uh, a pretty good parts and service business for these guys here coming into this into the into the harvest here getting the stuff to finish up harvest so some of these guys could have a pretty serious amount of reconditioning costs that they're going to be faced with and that could drive them to come maybe look at some of these 13 14 15 model combines that's not going to cost them an arm and a leg to trade up to
2: right right that's that's exactly right and it you you are right even even across the country i have seen you know through social media and whatnot there's been a seems like quite a bit of high dollar massive failure like as, as you just called it but keep in mind everybody even even a guy all the way back to the 7700 combine everybody's trade cycle is stopped oh yeah because yeah. the, the beauty of three dollar corn so yeah there's you know the guy that kept his ass a year or two longer the guy that kept his 70 60 50 you know on down the line everybody's kept it longer than they normally would and well yeah i think it'll go okay and then pff, nope
0: yeah everyone's been running these machines on whether it's a combine tractor spray or whatever it is for the most part they've been running them with duct tape and baling wire as right. much as they can and now they're they're going to be forced to do some stuff that's going to drive some sales i think next year um going into into the spring i don't know that i think the first part of the year is going to be very similar to like it was the last couple years you know where it's been january february have been pretty quiet uh march picks up a little bit april gets a little busier and then after everything's planted then they start looking at do i need a new combine what am i going to do with my combine um you know our winter service programs and stuff like that are going to as those start filling up that's going to be kind of a tale of of what guys are going to be doing with their machines i I think you can look at signups and be able to decide if when they get through get inspection and get that stuff looked at it's gonna I think a lot of guys are gonna say I'll just trade it and I, I, with my banker
2: you, yeah you just hit the nail on the head there if he's got a big repair bill yeah. that's what's gonna drive the, the trading now so I and, and I think well usually that don't really get rolling in the shops at least around here till january or so and i think because of that you know keep in mind we've been we're kind of in the bottom now and we're on a downhill climb two years before that that guys you know they they didn't trade and they didn't fix a hell of a lot either so there's going to be some big repair bills not everybody but you know some guys out there are going to have some big repair bills because they didn't trade. They didn't maybe fix everything. You know, they, they held their mouth right and fingers crossed and turned the radio down to listen to noises and <laughs> got through and yeah. they're going to have some big repair bills, whether it's tractor spray or combine, whatever. And I think that could drive some trades and that's where, you know, your sales force needs to be paying attention. You know, everybody that's each salesman, whoever, is their customer on there? They need to be teamed up with the service department and watching that with an eye and being like, you know, it, say say a guy's got an eighty five thirty and his damn green lights twenty thousand dollars. That's asinine. Trade that son of a bitch. You know, they they need to be watching that like a hawk. You and know, I, I think th- that's where I think <clears> that's where the a little creativity and I think you can make some magic happen in that aspect. Yeah
0: looking at over looking at everything that's there i really think that there's going to be even if they buy the parts themselves and install them themselves they're still going to be faced with a large amount of of money that they're going to have to do something with so it's you know like i said it's hard to know what these guys are going to do i thought i had it pegged last year but i was wrong um mostly right but still still wrong on a lot of things that i thought were going to happen so um leasing is going to be a bigger deal lease returns are I uh, don't really hear much about those anymore. It's not doesn't seem to be an overwhelming issue like it was, but um, I don't know. I think leasing is going to stick around until things, turn, you know, it's going to be a bigger and bigger part of the business in the next couple of years. So, don't know what this is going to look like as you know when things turn around and pick back up. If guys will be focused more on cash flow and what and what manufacturers will do with, with residual rates, but it feels like to me that the leasing is going to be there. Lease returns are always going to be a I think a good source for us to 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 source and fill holes in our equipment. So, I and mean, we've done that in the past, and it's worked out well for us. So, what do you think about leasing and those kind of things?
1: Oh, I I think the the lease return thing, I, it it has definitely calmed down, and I don't know that it was ever such a you know, oh God, the sky is falling type deal with with the amount of them or what they were or this and that. I think it's kind of you know, it. At least it was a hot shit in the end of the end of the 90s, beginning of 2000s, and you know, from say 02, 03, we were on a steady climb, steady climb for an entire decade, and people forget all about it. Yep. You know, for the most part. Now, since everybody forgot about it, it kind of caught everybody off guard again, and now everybody readjusts and back at it and digging into that world. As far as the amount of leases done you know and, and the lease returns coming back they don't do one years no, anymore so you're on to two year most guys are doing a two or a three you typically at three years your sweetest payment and you know you, you do a this when you're on new equipment you do a three-year lease you throw that extra year or two a power guard on there and that's usually your sweet spot. Well, that being the case, I don't think you're gonna have a hell of a lot of lease return market flooding going on this year. Uh, and, I, and I could be wrong, I don't know what what's all out there. Us, us as a company, we never have leased a hell of a lot. We've done more in 17 than ever, all the other years combined. And and a lot of that, you know, some of that's our internal lease company and stuff like that, too, just to get creative. But I I just don't think it's going to be, you know, the sky is falling type deal. But I could be wrong. You know, I think I think it'll it's kind of like anything. It'll correct itself a little bit. You just got to see where you're at and hammer down, man.
0: It's all payment driven. Every market, all this entire market's a payment-driven marketplace, so...
1: Oh, absolutely. Even, yeah, even if you're... Shit, it could be a 10-foot, 3-point shredder right now, and it's a, pay, it's a payment-driven purchase. Right. Everything is payment, payments, payment, because payment, there is no cash. There plain ass is no cash.
0: Yeah, the cash flow f- is very slim, um, and there's more of a trickle now than it is a flow. Um, but there's a... <clears throat> So that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem like that for the next couple of years until commodity prices bounce back around. It is what it is. It's the cyclical nature of this business. So, nothing that that hasn't happened in the '90s or the '2000s or the '80s or the '70s or the '50s or this every year, every decade. There is a something that happens that 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 shifts guys from being a how they manage their balance sheets. So that's what we're at now, and that's what we're going to, have to deal with. And you know, whoever can can support that that payment structure they're looking for is going to win.
1: Yeah, I can remember back in the 1920s, there there was a hell of a lot of Waterloo boys just flooded the market on lease returns, and that that took a while to digest. That, but you know, got got rid of a few draft horses here and there, and cleaned them out. So it, yeah. it worked out fine.
0: Next thing you know, you're you're doing, you're taking your Johnny Popper out there and and ripping some ground. You know, things were just, there. You go. Things took off. Got, it took it, off got like unstyled, a got an unstyled
1: unstyled A with spoke wheels. Get
0: after it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think we've covered pretty good gambit here. So, any parting words before we shut it down?
1: No, you know, I think uh, I, you know. And you always ask me when I'm on here how to how to peg the business, and I like to think I know what the hell's going on. But it feels like the the longer we go in this market dip, this soft bottom keyword, it's it's really hard to peg what's hot, what's not, what's good, what's bad, and all that. You know, I you just gotta as far as the the world of used equipment it's kind of a crapshoot right now other than cheap cheap wins
0: yeah well there's 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 a one positive and one negative that come that i see right now and the positive is there's stability in in used equipment right there's not big swings in the marketplace right now there's not a big cascading collapse that we're trying to to get ahead of um every time there's an auction Nothing's really surprised anymore what something sells for. It. Not a big shocker. The, right. The backside pressure with that is for so the past two years, guys' cash flow has been what it's been, and it's been very poor, and these they have struggled. The, the producer has struggled to get the operating note they need or get the new equipment they need to, to do whatever they need to do to grow their farm or do whatever it is that they're doing. And a lot of guys are just hanging on and trying to make it to the next day and after a while that's going to cause some balance sheets to be in a very bad position and and what does that look like and how much longer is this going to last and how much longer can they hold on so that's where we're at it's positive well, side we're there good a good stabi- some stability in the marketplace more than there's been in a long long time and the other side is just overall balance sheet health with the producers that we deal with
1: yeah, yeah yeah and that's you know i guess what i know i it's it's frustrating you know in in the market for for the for the position the producers are in that there isn't a more aggressive approach across the country maybe is how i would put it um you know just i i think farmers like machinery okay point blank they like machinery if they didn't there would be no farm show, right? There would be no no machinery PTV. There would be none of that if farmers didn't like machinery. They do. They love it. Whether it's old, new, whatever, they love it, and they want to buy it. And if I think, you know, we're, we're in a marketplace where if you're aggressive and you're watching – Values of stuff, not not mythical book values and all this, but real life. I'm gonna write a check today. Values of stuff. I think you can still move a lot of machinery. I really do. Yeah. It might take a little bit of creativity on financing all that, but what's that driven off of? The damn purchase price. So I think if you're aggressive to start with, a little creative after that, I think you can move some iron. Hashtag what? moving iron.
0: So I think, what so I think what you're saying there is that it's a payment-driven marketplace.
1: Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, we've said that numerous times today, but it all starts with what the hell the price of the equipment is. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Which which affects the payments. Right. Yeah. So it's a, right. So it's a but payment-driven it starts, marketplace.
1: But it all starts with the price of the machinery. <laughs> you you can't have the same payment on a. Hundred seventy five thousand dollars four wheel drive that year that you would on a two hundred fifty thousand dollars four wheel drive and it's the same tractor.
0: It all depends on how much you put in the trade. Overbook the trade, you win every time. That's what I always say.
1: Yeah, that that that's that's productive. Yep.
0: They get you places.
1: That's a good business practice.
0: It wins every time, right?
1: Yeah, every time.
0: All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast I'd like to thank Aaron for being on the podcast remember if you'd like to continue any of these conversations you can hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn you can also send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com Moving Iron LLC has a website movingironllc.com here you can find information on the 2018 Moving Iron Summit in Las Vegas, past and current episodes of Moving Iron Podcast and articles from Moving Iron Blog throughout the year there will be guest bloggers writing various topics from their point of view if you'd like to support the podcast, there's three ways to do that. You can leave a message at your favorite podcasting platform. You, you can subscribe to the podcast at your favorite podcasting platform. Or you can use the Amazon click-through at movingironllc.com. You have the same experience you're accustomed to, but you help support the podcast. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out.